Good morning. What's something that you know, but you need constant reminders of to not forget? What's something that you've heard over and over, but that you need to keep hearing over and over again? Look, this isn't a shot at aging, okay? I wouldn't do that. I know that the older we get, the harder it is to keep track of things, but there are things that throughout our lives are just hard to keep on the front burner. You know what comes to my mind? Flossing. (laughs) Way too many years I've struggled to floss regularly. It's an embarrassing six-month cycle of forgetfulness. Maybe you know the drill. Little dentistry pun there. I I have my six-month cleaning The hygienist ravages my unsuspecting gums. My eyes roll back into my head with pain. Then a total stranger gives me a lecture that only my mother would dare to give me about flossing regularly and trying to do better next time. I leave chastised and adamant that it won't happen again. But you know what happens. I floss faithfully for the next two weeks. Next four, it's a little spotty, and then I forget until about two days before my next six-month cleaning, and the cycle begins again. It's terrible. It's a little embarrassing to even bring up, but I take shelter in Romans 7. It tells us that it's human nature to know the good we ought to do and yet struggle to do it. And friends, you know, we all have things that we need to be doing, that we want to be doing, but they get squeezed out and crowded out by other things clamoring for our attention. The passage that I want to bring to you this morning today is not new. You've heard it before. You know this. My hope and prayer is that God will use our time together as an encouraging reminder to do it more often and to keep it front and center of our lives. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, would you speak to our hearts, open our ears, allow for us to hear. Allow for your Holy Spirit to move in and out of all the places of our hearts and our attention, the things that have captivated us, that we have spent time and energy on, and allow for your Holy Spirit to just cut through to the most important things. And most of all, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of every heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Reading from Hebrews chapter three, verses 12 through 14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. This passage has several prescriptions. Giving and receiving of daily encouragement, maintenance of a believing heart, 
and sharing in Christ as we hold firm to our conviction. And this is a nonstop active engagement that the author of Hebrews calls us to. All the reasons are right here in the text. The believer is called to be on guard because hardness of heart produces unbelief. This verse also says that that hardening takes place by the deceit of sin. Sin lies to us. It deceives us. It hardens us. And what does our sin tell our heart that draws us away from the living God? The same thing it has told people since the garden. It tells us not to believe that God is not trustworthy, that sin is more desirable. Hebrews 12 describes sin as that which so easily entangles. It trips us up. It keeps us from running the race. Tim Keller explains the deceit in this way. He says, sin isn't only doing bad things. It's more fundamentally making good things into ultimate things. Sin is building your life and meaning on anything, even a very good thing more than on God. Whatever we build our life on will drive us and enslave us. Sin is primarily idolatry. Well, how does this passage in Hebrews say we'll counter this deceit? Well, you and I, as the body of Christ, we're going to encourage each other by pointing each other to God, to his desirability, that the promises of God and the scriptures are better than the promises of sin. And so we have a mission. We have a mandate to help each other to stay strong by speaking the words of God to each other, by encouraging one another with spiritual truth. Now, last time I was with you, I preached on 1 Peter chapter 4, and in verses 9 through 11, remember it says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's our job, speak God's word to each other. Ephesians 4.29, you know this as well. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A few weeks back, I heard a pastor in a sermon share a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and God has been tugging at my heart almost every day for the last month over this quote, and it's from his book, Life Together, written about Christian community while teaching in an underground men's seminary in Nazi Germany. He writes this, God has put this word into the mouth of others in order that it may be communicated to us. When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of a man. Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him 
He needs him again and again when he becomes uncertain and discouraged, for by himself he cannot help himself without belying the truth. He needs his brother as a bearer and proclaimer of the divine word of salvation. He needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. And listen to this. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Isn't that extraordinary? He's saying just part of being a brother or sister in the body of Christ is that we can lend our faith. We can lend our confidence in Christ to another brother or sister. They need us to bolster their faith. We need them to bolster ours. And of course, where do we get these words of faith? Where do we get the right things to be able to say to our family or friends, to our Shell Point staff, to the people that we meet at Publix? You know the answer. We need to have his word in us and daily, as long as it's called today. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 34 through 36, that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. See, Jesus says that there is a special connection between my mouth and my heart. And so part of walking in the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit, is stewarding that heart, attending to its condition. What am I filling my heart and my mind with? Because what it's full of is what will come out when I speak. When I think about stewarding my heart and my passions and my attentions, I think of a kind of strange image, okay? (laughs) I see pots on a stove. First thing about what's going on here, there's only so many burners, right? My emotional energy has finite capacity. I can only care about so many things, and the passion and attention that I give to one issue or one thing does limit how much passion and attention I can give to another. There's also special attention that's given to the burners in the front, right? They receive the most focus, ah, unless something on the back is boiling over, right? Recently on my real stove at home, we had one of those rings on our electric burners go out, and so now uh, my cooking capacity is even a little less, so we really need to prioritize. And that's not totally unlike our hearts and minds either. Some of us if we're honest, or in a season where we're down a burner. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) After COVID, after Ian, I only have so many burners. I only have so many things that I can give my heart energy to. And here's the other truth. Satan loves to slide things onto the stove of our hearts and our minds that don't belong. 
Remember what Keller said. Sin is often good things trying to be ultimate things. They're passions and interests that pull our attention and energy away from the one true God. I just want to be candid with you. if, If I have a four burner stove, friends, for me, politics has to come off my stove. It boils way too hot and it consumes far too much energy. Community issues, culture wars, controversies and complaining, I can't afford it. I can't afford it taking away from things that truly matter. Can you? I need my relationship with Jesus to have first place and no competitors even close. My family right now, (laughs) it needs a bigger pot. My daughter just celebrated her 13th birthday on Thursday. We are officially in teenage land. My son is just a few years behind her. And friends, I'm not going to compromise my attention to family for things that aren't going to matter in eternity. And God, in his grace, he delights to help us to steward the attention of our hearts. Our passage this morning is very clear. You and I need each other. We need each other to be encouraging one another, speaking words of life from hearts that are filled with God's goodness. Remember what James says about our mouth? He says in chapter three, verse nine, he says, with it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. This means that God has a holy purpose for that mouth of yours and mine. Our mouth that speaks the overflow of our hearts. It's like James is saying, the lips that share the good news, that encourage and strengthen, that remind friends of the promises of God, that important purpose, they can't share time with nasty complaints and meaningless arguments. We can't vomit ugly criticisms of our political opponents or community leaders with the same mouth that would speak the life-giving promises of God. Remember Isaiah 6? Isaiah is standing in a vision before the high and exalted God. Angels are calling out, holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah's first response is his mouth. He cries, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. See, our mouth is consecrated for his use. The purification of my mouth happened at least once when I was growing up, thanks to my mother and a bar of soap. (laughs) 
It wasn't a hot coal, but I got the message loud and clear. The kind of language that I was using wasn't what this mouth was made for. There's a holy purpose. And so I ask you, how do you use your words? And what is the overflow of your heart saying today? If we need help, we can pray Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Earlier in James, he writes that this is the This is the verse for 2023 and the time in which we live. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. God, would you make that so in my life? So this is our mission from Hebrews, to encourage one another with God's word in our hearts, to lend the strength of our faith to one another, to protect against the hardening of hearts by sin's deceitfulness. And friends, this is an everyday work. God can use you anywhere and at any stage of life, the doctor's office, at the restaurant, the grocery store, anywhere people are. Friends, if you're at the Larson or assisted living, I want you to hear this. God uses care receivers just as much as he uses caregivers. He uses care receivers just as much as he uses caregivers. Believe that he wants to use your voice and your heart to bless those who are serving you. Those people are your people. He's entrusted them to you. I know so many of you are already doing this. Many of you have truly partnered with me. I've been here four years ministering to employees, and I know that you have been long at that work, way ahead of me. And honestly, your encouraging words are part of the testimony of this community to our employees. They comment and they notice that this is a sweeter and more caring community, that they have received support and words of encouragement from you. And that's part of the testimony, especially for those that don't know Jesus. A beautiful example. Just a a couple of weeks ago, I was in the lobby of one of our assisted living buildings and a sweet resident who's been a, a Shell Point resident for a while, she was excitedly sharing about how God had spoken to her, interestingly, at, at four in the morning, about making daily ministry visits to the residents at the Larson. She said she used to mail a lot of cards, but now more and more of her friends were needing skilled nursing. And she felt like God was calling her to a ministry of visiting regularly. And as she was excitedly sharing about hearing from God and his new assignment on her life, my heart was so greatly encouraged and I found my faith and love for God being bolstered and strengthened. See, that's how it works. A fun part of my job is that I get to work alongside some tremendously capable people. Shell Point has uh, a very experienced safety and security team, very talented medical staff. And many of our employees, they, they come from previous careers in the military, in law enforcement, and first responders. And they've seen combat, they've saved lives, but they're now enjoying a different pace and a different role here at Shell Point. 
enjoying the opportunity to serve this special community. And you can often recognize these heroes just by the way they carry themselves. There's a, a confidence, a cool-headedness, a posture that accompanies that experience. You can tell they just know how to handle themselves, right? And when they're around, I feel more comfortable and confident. They lend their strength to others without even knowing it. And so my word of encouragement, brothers and sisters in Christ, does your heart believe that you have the same spiritual superpower inside of you? Your life experiences, your victories and heartaches, the sleepless nights, the most frustrating struggles, the times of loneliness and doubt, the mistakes that you've made, your deepest regrets. Friends, the Lord has use of that. Maybe you're still thinking, what qualifies me to help others with their hurts and struggles? What makes me a person who can speak into their life? <laughs> I ask that all the time as someone with a, a sort of made-up title. The only qualification that I've seen in my life has come from turning into my own suffering and need and allowing Jesus to help me. I have a growing and deepening awareness of my need for Christ, a willingness for him to have his way in me, and friends, I know you do too. Even when you can't see the fruit, God is using you to strengthen others. And so further into the book of Hebrews, the author writes the words that can be our, our closing thought. He writes, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would take and use our hearts and our mouths and allow for them to be in your holy service. God, I know that's the desire of this church. I know that's the desire of my brothers and sisters, and yet, God, we can forget and we can allow for other passions and other things clamoring for our attention and our energy to crowd out the main priorities of our lives. God, would you clear the deck and allow for your Holy Spirit to convict and to draw to our minds the, the places that we need to just set to the side that just aren't of eternal value. And God, put us back in the business, in the ministry of encouraging and strengthening our brother with the word of Christ on our mouth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.